2021 is over. We did it. Good job, everybody. It's rewind time. Hello and welcome to The Q, name still pending, with your host, Quentin Oro Nerd, as you know me by now. Officially did it. I think we made it 26 episodes in a year, maybe even 27. Well, if you count this one as still being 2021, um, it's still season one. This is the last episode of season one of The Q, name still pending. So, what does that mean? That means that this episode is a review on everything we've done so far this year. Not specifically to deal with, you know, the podcast itself but also you know everything else that i've done anything that i've accomplished things that have been happening in my life since the beginning of 2021 the journey that was the year 2021 this is that review at least from my point of view um so i'm currently you know working on working towards um a refresh i guess you could say um going into 2022 uh, i don't do this every year I've just noticed the last couple of years I've done it. Like 2018, I did it. 2020, I did it. And I felt like this is now a new era as well. I need a refresh. Um, so what that means isn't like my content needs refreshed. It's more of like everything in my life, my day-to-day -day systems, the way I live my life, need some refresh. Not changes, just cleaned up, refined, refreshed, you know, a new look on, can I improve upon this? Is this even worth doing kind of thing? Um, so, you know, right now I may be a little bit distracted because I'm working on cleaning up my PC, which hasn't been done in about two years, three years almost. So I got a lot of random files and junk everywhere. So I'm working on cleaning up all of that stuff to um, add another layer of refresh um, it's always good to work on your digital minimalism as much as you can because it can also take up as much of your brain space as other things. Um, granted, a lot of people don't think as their, of their, you know, PCs, phones, things like that of being like clutter, but being in network administration and being um, a person that uses computers on a daily basis and knows a lot about computers and uses them to their full extent, i.e. a power user, um it is clutter for me it's like having your desk full of paperwork and pens everywhere and you don't have an organized system of what you're doing um so you get lost or you're in your shop working on something but none of your normal tools are where they're supposed to be so you're disorganized it makes it harder to work um you're spending more time thinking about where your tools are than how can i use these tools to get my job done um so that's what i'm doing right now so if I seem a little bit distracted, that is, this, this is why um, I'm working on cleaning up my virtual desktop. So I got to think about things a little bit more logically so that I can put them in places that they need to go so that I remember where they're at in the future when I do need them. Um, but, you know, the year 2021, I would say, uh, was uphill compared to 2020. 2020 was a very downhill downtrodden 
um, unsure about what the future laid, lied, what laid ahead in the future. I don't know. It's probably a better way to say it. Um, but 2021 feels more, you know, hopeful. Um, we, we made it through year two of a pandemic, um, and it's still going, which is unfortunate, but life has gradually hit normalcy, at least the location that I live in, smaller towns, um, and things are not necessarily becoming stable, um, if anything, it's going the other direction, but it feels like, uh, a better time to be alive, I guess you could say, um. So, to start off the year, you know, I think I've mentioned this before, uh, I started my cryptocurrency journey, because um, 2020 was really when cryptocurrency boomed in like March or April. Um, well, I should say boomed, I should say it started to uh, exponentially rise, and that was purely like actual currencies itself, um, not necessarily, um, what do you want to call that? Um, it wasn't all-time highs. I mean, obviously, yes, it was all-time highs, but it wasn't like this is here to stay kind of thing. It was more of like, yeah, this is a, a thing that's happening and people are looking into it. Um, you should probably also look into it, I guess. <laughs> um, but it was still relatively cheap to get into, I think, is what I want to say. Uh, whereas today, it's, I think... Bitcoin's currently at like 47,000 and it hit its all-time high of like 61 like a week ago. Ethereum almost hit 4.5,000, if not already hit that. I think it did technically hit that not too long ago. Um, so we got that going, obviously. Um, by the beginning of 2021, um, Ethereum was at $700. I remember that because that's the starting point that I entered. Um, I put in throughout the entire year i will i will disclose this because i have pulled out of these positions so it no longer actually benefits me to talk positively or you know it's not bad for me to talk negatively about cryptocurrency either um my ethereum um portfolio my investment put in at the time i put in a hundred dollars at seven hundred dollars that's that's pretty um for me that's a substantial amount of money for me um that was just coming off the back of end of the year um, bonuses and whatnot. So I had the extra $100 to spare. Technically, I had extra like $400 to spare. But I decided, you know, uh, let's think about this in a risk management kind of thing. Um, I know a lot about Ethereum and um, Bitcoin. I read a lot about the blockchain and the two different um, technologies behind the cryptocurrencies. So I felt comfortable with you know, putting my money into an exchange um, and holding the coins, I understood the risks that were involved there. Um, but being at an all-time high of $700, um, people quoting 10K on Ethereum by the end of the year, um, I figured you know, $100 going from 700 to 10K, that's like a 9,000% increase or something. I don't know. I didn't. I did the math at the time. I don't remember what it is now because it's irrelevant because it only ever got to 4,500, which is still a massive number. That's still 600% increase or 600x uh, if I'm doing the math right. No, 60x, right? Because 7 times 6 is like 40, 42 or something like that, somewhere in that range. So, or 48. Is it 48? No, 42. 42. Yeah, 42. Um, seven times that. So yeah, 700 times 60 would put it at 4,200. 
Um, so yeah, give or take 600x in a year. That's ridiculous. Nobody, you know, obviously people said 10k, but regardless, I put 100 in um, at that point, and then from there, I dollar cost averaged. Um, I'd put in about 10 bucks a month. I mean, that's averaging for the entire year. Technically, I put in um, 10 dollars. Uh, I put in $20 a month until about July. And then, you know, that's when like NFT was like huge. And I was thinking, you know what? I should probably buy some NFTs, but I didn't um, because I wasn't sure um, about, not necessarily the technology, obviously the non-fungibility of the tokens makes sense to me as a contractual standpoint. But in July, I was really digging into uh, different NFT, uh, not programs, but projects. That's what I was looking for. And almost all of them were based around the fact that because they were worth so much money, they were worth so much money. Um, and very few of them had the utility of, you know, to make them worthwhile. Um, obviously, you have games like Axie Affinity and the Crypto Kitties were uh, systems in and of themselves. So their their monetary value was based off of what can it do inside its own system? So it makes sense that Axie Affinity is at where it is, about $100 uh, a creature, which isn't bad. That's a good price for the project. Um, but it all was relative to its power levels inside the game. So I thought, you know, that's a good investment to get into if you wanted to do the Axie Affinity uh, gaming system, which takes like a couple hundred hours just to break even on your initial... Um, no, I wouldn't even call it an investment because at that point it's just the sunken cost fallacy um, where you just broke even at 100 hours. Um, so you would have already made more money working <laughs> at $10 an hour than you would buying those three Axie Affinity creatures that you needed to participate in the game. So it's not an investment there. Um, but regardless, you know, the PFP movement uh, blew up. Beeple selling for $69 million blew up the nft scene and everybody wanted to get in everybody wanted to be part of the cool kid club which is fine because you know that's the same thing at the dot-com boom and the early uh what the the two to three character tags on instagram and twitter back in the day that was huge things people paid ridiculous amounts of money for things so that at this point you know it doesn't matter um because somebody with numbers and random characters for his at could have more followers and be more important than you with the two character name um so it, it's not those that's that's how i equate like pfp projects by themselves that don't have anything outside of that so we're talking crypto punks we're talking about board ape yacht club we're talking about um all the derivatives of board board whatever creatures um the other walruses and penguins and the rock collection and all that stuff all of those are speculative because it's hype it's worth money and you know that's fine because it's the same market as not necessarily like comic books but collectibles as a as a base level like trading cards um your baseball rookie cards or whatever those are only worth the amount of money that they're worth because somebody is willing to pay that much to fulfill their collection so that's why that's the same thing with board ape yacht club people only want a board ape because of all of the people that have board apes um therefore it doesn't have actual real world value it's not a store of investment for uh, not a store of money and it is not i mean you could consider it an investment but it is like a 90 percent risk rate 
on the level of risk factor to your investment. So it's not a good investment, nor is it a sound investment. You should not do it for investing. Um, it's purely um, you have cash to throw away. You want to be part of the club, um, which, yes, you can turn it and make money. That is completely possible because you could you can prey off of somebody else's wanting to be a part of the club. I get that. That makes sense. Capitalism. Okay. Well, so where we live in, no problem there. Um, so, you know, yeah, in July, all that happened. Um, and that's when I really started my research on what is the importance of NFT in our culture? Why is it a thing? Why is it important? Should I put money into it? Um, and to answer that question, no, I did not buy a single NFT. I have technically, I own a couple comic books on the VV chain. Um, with the Omni coin or whatever it is that they have going on there on their app. Um, I do own a couple uh, first edition comics that came out uh, pre-blow up of VV. There was about 15 YouTubers that feel like they were paid to make this ad for the app. I'm not 100% sure how that worked out, but um, I got in about a month before everybody started like jumping on the site, going up to 130,000 people in one waiting room trying to buy uh, the comic book releases. But I saw, I saw before the news, you know, I saw Marvel and talks with Vivi about bringing their IP to the platform, which I had already been on the platform a little bit, um, investigating it because things like you know, a lot of DC stuff was happening on there. I'm not a huge fan of anything they had in there, but DC is a big name, especially in the collectible worlds, not to mention the comic books. They weren't releasing any comic books on there. However, they, their characters are well known. So... I was getting in on it. I was understanding the um, platform and the ecosystem, learning about it. Um, and then Marvel says, hey, we're going to drop re-releases of all of our comic books ever as NFTs on this network. Um, granted, you can't move right now anyways. You can't move these uh, comic books off-site. You can only use the secondary, uh, you know, the second-person market on their app. Um, and the tokens, you can buy in with real-world dollars. However, you're... You cannot refund those tokens into dollar bills later. Um, that feature is for the future. Looking to be 2022, 2023. So again, this is an investment that you're not going to be able to redeem for two more years, a year and a half from now, because it's at the end of the year. By the time it was two and a half years for me. Um, so small investment. Uh, I don't think I've spent more than $100 on there. Technically, I have put a, a total of $100 in there. Um, however, I've only technically spent, I think, $45 in total on a couple first edition um, comic books. And I think I have three or four um, recently that just dropped, so I don't remember the additions that I have. But um, I am, I guess you could say, investing in the comic books, not specifically for um, reselling or anything like that. I, I honestly don't expect to get any of that money back. But I like being able to say that, yeah, I was able to get the first edition nft eternals number one um that got released in the year 2021 i want to be able to say that in the future when i am collecting real comic books which i'm looking at 2022 2023 that'll be my um new thing that i'm going to be looking at is physical copy comic book um collecting which is very expensive might i add but regardless you know looking to that system isn't uh, again not worth investing in because you have a year and a half before you can actually start getting your money back from it but it is still fairly early on the platform so 
I do believe that it will be worth getting into because these things will become important because the VV chain, you know, the developers have a roadmap saying that you will be able to move your NFTs off platform and also any tokens you bought in the app tokens is in the coins you can buy with the reward cash you can now transfer back into regular dollar bills us dollars um in the future so i believe in the devs i believe that disney would not partner with somebody like that if they didn't have trust and didn't expect um them to do right by their customers so i believe that's a safe and sound investment but that's not advice for you to do the same because you need to do your own research, you need to make sure you understand what you're getting into, and also, of course, you need to know the risks that are involved here. Um, this is real-world cash that we're talking about, hard-earned money that could just disappear, so you need to be careful what you're doing. Um, so then, yeah, hitting the end of that, going into September, October, I finally cracked the NFT conundrum. In my opinion, I have cracked it. Um, and that is that any... PNG JPEG image NFT is completely worthless. Um, what I mean by that is it's all speculative money for things that have no, you know, there's nothing there, no substance. I mean, yes, obviously it's digital, so you can't physically touch it anyways, but that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that you don't even own the picture. You don't even own the picture. You own the link to a web hosted site that has the image there for you the reason why this is the case is because it is astronomically expensive to actually put an image into the blockchain um, doing the math by kilobytes even if you put like a pixel a one by one pixel one kilobyte of information which is about the same as putting in a url link that cost you like $10 just to put in a URL. So on the Ethereum chain specifically, uh, Solana and all those other ones are different. I don't know them, but the Ethereum projects themselves, putting a 64 by 64 picture is what? Uh, 64 times 64 times as more expensive as one URL link. So imagine putting in Beeple's everyday image the one of 5,000 pictures that size putting that on the actual blockchain validating that and putting it into the blockchain would cost more than what he got from it more than 69 million dollars just to put it on the market to then sell it that's ridiculous obviously it's very expensive to do that so what nft developers had decided to do was why don't we just host it on a website ourselves and then you know what you know what we can do we could just sell them the url so everybody that's buying an nft yeah stupid you didn't do your research you got caught with your pants down <laughs> uh, you don't even own the image you can't even sell the image the image is meaningless the image is just what the URL looks like physically remade to you. So if that website goes down, say Amazon, uh, you know, S3 buckets go down, your NFT no longer exists. Your picture cannot be gotten. It cannot be posted on the internet to show other people. It does not exist. 
and all you have left is the URL that is now broken saying, oh, sorry, I can't reach the site where this image is located, but you still have this transaction. You still have the receipt saying that you bought it. So therefore it's still worth value. That's like saying I went to Walmart and I bought a TV and then I go on eBay and I try and sell the TV. And then when they come to pick it up, I say, yeah, here's the receipt. And they're like, what is that? And you're like, this is the TV. And they're like, no, that's just proof that you bought the TV. Where's my TV? And you're like, no, this is the TV. This is what was bought. This is what you get in return. This is what I sold. That's the same concept. You, If you don't understand that, you shouldn't be in NFTs. I don't get it. I don't get why people don't know this. Um, well, I guess, you know, I do get why people don't know this. is because NFT devs don't want you to know that. They don't want you to know that you're not buying the image you're just buying a link on a website that is then you know brought to the blockchain to say yeah that exists that that link does go to a website i don't care if it works or it doesn't work that's just meaningless ones and zeros to me i could care less but sure i'll validate that for everybody else for the rest of existence to say that you bought this thing that goes somewhere i don't know so that being said you don't own it you don't own any of it and I don't know about, you know, the game projects. I don't know about Axie Affinity, how they do NFTs. But I wouldn't be surprised if they also only go to a receipt um, saying that you own these um, cats or other creatures. And then you go to sell them. They do all the processing of saying, yeah, you actually can trade this character because the receipt says that you own this character. So... Nothing you bought with an NFT is actually on the blockchain. It is not verifiable on the blockchain. Zero percent of it is. <laughs> um, so, you know, that's what I learned in October, November, um, is that people that bought NFTs don't know what they bought. They bought a receipt. Um, and somebody just said that, yeah, there's a picture that's attached to it. That just happens. You know, the picture worked. You could actually do it. You could see the picture. You, you could click on the link and download it, um, but you don't own the picture. Um, that picture is still technically owned by the artist that uploaded it to the website. Your stinky boy, Murph. So, you know, with that being said, that's that's what I learned. Um, not necessarily all of 2021, but that's my uh, crypto um, journey. Um, so then, you know, in November, I decided, you know what, I'm going to take a step back from NFTs. Um, I'm going to not support any NFT project anymore. I'm not going to follow anybody anymore. Um, not that I'm jaded necessarily, but um, it's just I don't trust a single NFT developer at this point because even things like VFriends, which I've, I've toted as a good project, um, I still do think that Gary V's utility of his V friends are good. You know, you can still meet him if you're interested in him. You like him as a person. Um, you still get uh, value out of it, such as going to events, meeting other people that are like-minded, um, joining in conversations with things that you enjoy. Um, and you can still make money off of selling it to other people that are clueless on what's actually going on. Um, but... He, he is somebody that I wouldn't say he's necessarily a grifter. I mean, that's the word a lot of people have been using for a lot of NFT devs and uh, creators and content people. But um, his sole purpose is to buy the New York Jets. He talks about it all the time. So anywhere he can make money, that's what he's going to do. He's not necessarily... He may say that he's interested in you profiting and winning off of this 
you know, this, but that's not why he made it. He's just happy that that was the outcome of NFTs is that it actually started benefiting other people more than the creator itself. Um, and so he just used that opportunity to make himself look better. Um, I don't believe that he went into NFTs for the idea of helping the viewer. I think he went into NFTs to help himself further his goals, which is fine. That's capitalism. Um, and he hasn't been lying to anybody about that, but he decided to spin it once it was advantageous to make even more money. Um, so he's about the only project that I thought, you know, is, is good and still worth, you know, the utility of it. So if you do own a friend, I think it's fine. I don't think that you should immediately pull out. I think you can still get your utility out of the cards or whatever they are that you buy, but everything else is just for fun. It's, it's like he says, and a lot of other, other people say it's fun money. It, it'll go to zero eventually. So while you can ride the roller coaster, um, but I just want to, uh, you know, impress upon people that NFTs aren't what everybody is saying they are. And you should, you know, not, <laughs> not invest in it in the long term. It's definitely a day trade. Get in, get out, make your money, move on type of thing right now, right now, specifically the um, image um, game that's happening. Um, I do still believe that NFT as a non-fungible token um, has a huge role to play in our future, not just for clout and for pictures. Um, I do think that there will come along a reason for um, URLs to be linked to the blockchain, i.e. actual contracts that you can make for a house, an actual receipt, a bill of um, payment, a reasonable document to go to the court of law saying that this person's not paying rent and they owe me rent whatever it may be i believe that that is the you know the ideal use case for the nft especially in the ethereum because it's so expensive um being able to draft a contract and place it on the chain that just makes sense um that's the that's the best idea for a ledger um i don't think that images are going to last um however that is to say, you know, these pictures are going to stay around for another two years, five years, at least, until people finally figure it out and move on to the next thing. Um, so, you know, that brings us into December. Um, I decided, you know, uh, it's time to close my positions on cryptocurrency, uh, not as a whole, um, but, uh, you know, finally able to be... Um, Getting verification on a few different platforms, having the actual money to make um, larger trades, I decided that I'm going to pull out of any investment that I can't hold my coin in. Because up until that point, I was investing in like five different locations. I had some in Kraken, I had some in Coinbase, I had some PayPal, I had some Cash App, I had some in um, Gemini, I had some in Blockchain or BlockFi, um, and Exodus Wallet and MetaMask Wallet. Um, so I had cryptocurrency in like six or seven different places, four different exchanges, three different wallets. Um, and I decided I need to clean that up. I need to condense it down into one or two places. So what I did was I sold everything that I had in PayPal, which I've already talked about this people in Discord. That's where I put in their money um, to make um, NFT, not NFT, sorry. Um, still have that on my brain. Let me clean that off real quick. Just deleting that. That's where I put all the money for our Patreon, for our Minecraft server. I put money in there because, you know, reasons that I already explained to them you don't need to know about. But they made some money off of it because it was just sitting there not doing anything. So I decided 
they're going to give me money and they aren't thinking about it or they're just doing it out of generosity, I will reward them by going through and investing it. And, you know, I made technically in the end uh, about $250 off of $115, something like that, put in. So not a lot of money. Um, just because I was buying, almost every time they ended up having to buy was at the beginning of a month, which was almost always an all-time high for Ethereum. So my gains were very small um, because as soon as I got the money, I just immediately put it into Ethereum because I didn't, I didn't want to bother with it, with trying to time the market or anything like that with anybody else's money. I just was dropping it in, doing it. Whatever happened, happened. Um, that money was going to disappear, whatever. Um, so I wasn't doing the best strategy for growing the money, obviously, but... Yeah, about $250 was made off of that, um, and I refunded a few people who didn't realize they were still in there. A couple people were like, I'm fine with it. I just want to support you. Keep the money. Um, so it's still growing. However, I don't have anything in PayPal anymore. Uh, I've dropped that portfolio of Ethereum. My Bitcoin, on the other hand, was only at about 150 I think was what it was at um, because I just did some small trades on there. Um, it was the first place that I used because I already had everything um, approved in PayPal and I could drop money in from my bank account and then put it straight into crypto. So that was where I was first investing and making money, just getting comfortable with transferring the money. Um, so it was a small amount of cash. I, would, I think I had like 15 um, cells in total on that wallet, technically that portfolio. So I did use a lot of the earnings as I don't have the exact amount that I actually made, but I used a lot of the earnings to pull out and buy things, um, pay for stuff. Um, so, you know, I could have, I think I technically could have easily made over 500 in total off of Bitcoin there. Um, but that was across an entire year. So I don't know what exactly it was um, at any one point. But. So dropped out of that. Um, I pulled all my cash app because that was the next one that I had in. Um, I'm just now actually working on pulling all of my stock options out of there because I had some, a couple bi-weekly um, investments. I'm not going to talk about those. I'll talk about them in the future, but pull out all of those. Um, pull out of Kraken, Gemini, um, and a couple other places, you know, all of those. Um, so I'm out of all of those. I'm currently only in BlockFi because it allows for um, APY on Ethereum, Bitcoin, um, and a couple other currencies. I don't care about them. I'm not interested in any of them. Um, it's about 4% and 5%. Um, 4% for Bitcoin, 5% for Ethereum, something like that, I think. I haven't checked it recently, but maybe 4.5 for Ethereum. But. Um, I'm now dollar cost averaging into that portfolio, um, and I'm mostly buying my coins on Coinbase still, um, just because I have the biggest uh, limit of in and out from there, um, so it makes sense to do that. Uh, but I'm looking into Strike for Bitcoin, and um, Exodus will be the hot wallet for, uh, you know, I might get rid of Exodus, I don't know, I'll probably just get rid of it, I'll probably just keep Strike for my Bitcoin hot wallet, because um, it's Lightning Networked. So I can do all the transactions through Twitter and a couple other places that are potentially going to pick it up. Apple, maybe. Um, and then my Ethereum, I'm going to probably just hold in um, Coinbase until I decide I need to move it out and put it somewhere else. Um, but for now, I can sit in my Bitcoin, my uh, blockchain, uh, blah, blah, you know, Coinbase account um, and just make some money. Um I'll put a few of it probably in BlockFi just for the APY, but so all in all, I think I technically made um, around about a thousand dollars by the end of it all, um, which isn't a huge deal for me. That's 
a paycheck or it's a month of salary. Really, it's not a lot of money. Um, not to disclose, obviously, I make more than that. I make closer to two-ish thousand a month. Um, but, you know, that's still a substantial. It's about a third of my monthly income. Um, but the problem is it's an entire year. So not profitable. It's not livable or anything like that. But it is, you know, it's an extra thousand bucks. That was nice to have. Um, going into Christmas, spent almost all of it on, you know, Christmas and New Year's and some other things that are going on. Um, and of course, you know, majority of them still reinvesting in my Block 5 for portfolio. I'm using a chunk of it, about $500 I'm putting into actual stock, stock market. Um, which to say, using public right now, I like the platform. I like the idea of it. Um, not a fan of Robinhood. Not a fan of um, Webull, really. Um, it's all right, but it's Chinese-based. So I'm not a huge fan of it. Probably won't use it in the future. Um, Vanguard's got a trash app. Don't care about it. Um, so for now, I'm using public. It's nice. I like it. Makes sense to me. I'll probably stick with it at least through 2022 until you know, something happens. But I'll talk about my stock investments here in about three months. Uh, once I finally get settled in and have an idea of what I'm doing. Um, but for now, you know, that's that's my crypto journey, you know, of 2021. You know, I just felt like it was important for me to <coughs> talk about that, to be transparent with you about my feelings and stuff, because, you know, Nobody else wants to hear about it, so I feel like I might as well talk about it here. <laughs> um, but, you know, that's that's pretty much where I was at with cryptocurrency. Um, it definitely filled up a lot of my brain space, and a lot of my time went into that and didn't have really any other major projects going on in my brain. Obviously, you know, I had this, the podcast. Um, but outside of that, you know, I don't think I uploaded an actual YouTube video all year. I uploaded a couple shorts. I don't think I even went live one time. Um, yeah, I can't think of really what else is going on there, you know. Um, have no reason to, to do it, I guess. Um, but I've done some soul searching, some thinking, some doing. And, you know, I, I am not promise, not promising. But 2022, I would like to come back to YouTube. Um, I think we're going to hit YouTube, not full-time, not dedicated weekly uploads, but I will be live streaming and I will be recording episodes, videos, um, one-offs to YouTube for 2022, see how it goes. Um, now that we have a routine set, I think we're good standing in my life to dedicate time for that. Um, I have, in the foreseeable future, I have dedicated days and times that I can actually do recording and editing. Um, so good news. I can, I can do that for you guys. Um, and you guys can get some new content. Um, so hooray, right? <laughs> um, other things for content wise, you know, this podcast, um, I, you know, thank you all for listening. Technically, I think I have like 40 followers across a couple of different platforms. Don't know really what my watch time, listen time is, but I appreciate every one of you coming here, even if it is for one episode. I do appreciate you coming and listening and checking out my channel, you know. Um, it means a lot to me um, to see a number greater than two <laughs> on anything that I create because one of them is always me 
and then the other one is either Boston or my parents or my siblings or even Boston's family or younger siblings like my Minecraft videos. I still average three hours a week um, with like 10 views because the kids go back and watch all of my Minecraft videos. Um, so even even that that number of five to ten people watching something three hours watched in a week it's still it gives me happiness and it gives me you know enough motivation to make the next one um to do the next thing to continue thinking about can i do this not necessarily even for a living but as a profitable hobby um because you know I love doing this, both, you know, talking. I enjoy talking to myself, to screen, to uh, the podcast, because um, I know it does hit people, so I know I'm talking to other people, um, and I'm working on getting a dialogue set up on Discord. Nobody's taking me up on the offer yet, but it's out there. If you want to, you know, just check out the Patreon link, um, you know, get in the Discord. It's free. You can hang out and talk to me, but you should support the Patreon, because I do do this for free, um, and it would be nice to, you know, have some cash on the side, just for some fun money you know i can improve the quality of the podcast i can branch out and i can do other things you know i'm thinking about a few different content ideas um so if you know if you you know you give me a little bit of a little bit of your hard-earned cash like you do those big name streamers on twitch maybe you drop a little fiver for me once a month instead of xqc you know maybe you get some nice new content from me you know that's that's what could happen here <laughs> um but enough shilling uh you know doing this is fun for me regardless if it makes money or not um i've always had a passion for this even at a young age i always thought you know this is where i want to be i want to have my own show i want to be able to do stuff on the internet for other people um i want to improve everybody else's lives through me um so you know i'm gonna do this regardless if you pay me in patreon or not but um that being said, you know, this podcast will be in season two. Um, this is the first, technically, I think this is the first episode of the new year. So, hey, happy new year. This is releasing on midnight. <laughs> um, hopefully you're listening. So this is now midnight 37. So, hey, you did it. Go to bed. Why are you listening to my podcast? Go to sleep. <laughs> um, drive home safely if that's what you're doing. Um, get off your phone. Um, but season two um, starts next episode on Monday January 3rd um, season two brings a lot of new stuff um, brings revamp to this channel like I was saying my refresh um, mindset um, the podcast gets a refresh I'm working on some new artwork for the channel um, you know for the podcast RSS feed um, and the name um, it's no longer pending um, I think it'll announce it in this episode but I'll really bring it out in the next one but yeah the name is now the Q it is technically spelled Q U E U E um, the Q um, instead of the Q as in T-H-E space Q. Um, because, you know, I've you know been talking with a couple friends. They all said that, you know, QAnon's pretty big um, and kind of distance yourself a bit more from the whole Q concept just to be safe. You know, you don't want um, misleading information going on out there, um, which I agree. You know, I like to be able to cash in on all of the Q-spiracy idiots that are out there, but, you know, at the end of the day, it's probably not a good idea to do. So I was like, you know what, you're right. Um, I'll finish out the idea instead of having the name still pending. I'm going to go ahead and just call it The Q, which fits into the theme of being Q-named things along with my name, Quentin, as you should know me by now. Um, but I have a couple other pieces of content that I want to talk about. Um, the first one being podcast-related, actually. Um, it will be a 
brother podcast to this podcast uh, because I still want to make the cube be um, its own thing. I, I think the form format and formula of me talking to you um, solely, um, individually, I think is a better word, uh, is, I wouldn't say it's actually good content because um, obviously I've done this for 26 episodes and it hasn't like blasted off or anything, but I I think it's good for me to do. So it will still be the cue will still be me talking about news, talking about my life, talking about different topics that I want to discuss um, alone. However, I have a brother podcast that I'm going to be releasing. No ETA on that, um, but I think it's comfortable enough to say I have enough of a backing to do this. But it is called the Quintessence. So I'm not going to spell that out for you. But, uh, you know, it's very similar to the concept in Secret Life of Walter Mitty where uh, the photographer, um, I can't remember his name at the moment, um, but I need to rewatch the film. But regardless, um, he is Sean O'Connor. That is his name. I don't know if he's a real um, Times um, photographer or not, but he has a thing called the Quintessence of Life, um, which is actually a picture of Walter um, from Time Magazine. Um, he is the quintessence of life, you know. He's talking about shooting at a, sn- a snow leopard, um, getting photos of that. But in reality, the actual quintessence is the everyday man and how beautiful that is and all that stuff. Um, it's a good movie. You should go check it out. It's Ben Stiller, Lionsgate film. Fantastic film. It's technically my favorite movie of all time, actually. Um, but it's also a novel from a couple of years, a short story from years ago. Um, but it is very good, both the novel but also the movie. Um, uh, it's beautiful. You should go watch it. Um, but, you know, the quintessence, um, the theory, theme of it is is to talk about um, me and a guest, um, talking about the guest as a human being, who they are, who they were, what's their story, why do they, why are they the way they are, uh, what makes them them. Um, that's the idea. It's an interview obviously interview podcast but the idea is to be framed upon what makes you you and not why are you famous um so you know if i do have famous important people on my podcast one day um i don't care about your new movie that's based in the jungle um i'm more interested in why you decided to become a tap dancer at the age of four and get into the show business um why do you still do these movies and what's what's the purpose what's the goal why are you still why is it happening um because i think those those stories are always so raw and pure and so true that anybody can connect to them in any way you can't connect to somebody that's multi-millionaire making another marvel movie um you have no connection to them whatsoever but you can understand why they would be making so much money and why they're you know donating to charities and trying to support their three children with their wife and why they love to do what they do everybody has something they love to do everybody can understand that concept um so i think 2022 uh that will be a brother podcast that'll come out um and i think people will enjoy it i think they'll have a good time with it um i think it'll be very um it's a creative outlet that I want to do because I've always, you know, I've always had that um, mindset when I'm talking to friends um, is I want to get to know them and why they do what they do. I don't you know, necessarily care about what they're doing. Um, I usually ask them how they are or why are you doing something, not um, what are you doing or how is this thing going? Um, 
I'm not care. I'm not, I don't care about the product. I care about the person. Um, so it's always been something that I've done. Um, and I think that it's a good, um, angle for a podcast with guests an interview, um, kind of podcast. Um, so that's a big one for podcasting, but also, you know, I have a generally a good idea that I think for my gaming channel, um, I am separating. Um, I have, I think I've talked about vlogs. I'm going to be doing eventually, um, 2022 should happen. Um, discuss that in another episode, but the gaming channel, um, talking about coming back to YouTube, um, the quintessential content is what it's called. Um, I think that's, I think that's the name for it. I'm going to check my notes right now just to make sure I'm getting it right. I don't have the two Mitch matched on each other, but I believe I have it right. Um, yeah, quintessential content is along the same vein of the quintessence about a person. Uh, but quintessential content is me and another person or me and another group of people will be playing their favorite game of all time. Not the best game of all time, not the year 2021, what is their favorite game, but what game do they think is the best game ever made? Because at this point, you know, emulators, um, connectivity to the internet, being able to cross-play and stuff, I think it's possible to do this with a lot of different people with a lot of different games. Um, so just to kind of give examples, my greatest games of all time, I have it actually written down here in the notes, um, for me are games like Uncharted Water New Horizons for the SNES, which came out years before I was born. It's my dad's favorite game when I was younger. I remember him always playing it, but basically it's like a Sid Meier's Pirates-esque game where you're a traveler and you go around traveling goods between cities. Um, you have a ship and you can build it up and you can have a fleet of people. You can work with the Spanish conquistadors or the European um, um, allies, or you can be a pirate and just tackle the ships and steal their loot and then go to different places. You have like a relatively small um, amount of a reputation system. Mine, this is an SNES game. It came out a long time ago. Um, but it's such a beautiful game. Um, I remember it being one of my dad's favorite games ever to play, and he always enjoyed it. Um, and I had fun when I played it. I was like six or seven. I didn't really understand it, but I still had fun doing it. Um, another game is Star Ocean. Again, um, I think we played the PS1 edition. I can't remember the entire title of it, but Star Ocean's like the... Um, I wouldn't say it's the Walmart version of Final Fantasy, like, 4 or 5 at the time, but it was very much inspired off of those, a very similar uh, concept. But Star Ocean is another, like, you are a main character and you build a party of other sub-characters that can do magical things and other different spells, all different suited, and you go and fight baddies and stuff. Um, another fantastic game my dad played on PlayStation 1, lots of fun watching that, and then the times that I played it, I had so much fun playing it. It's had a good, such a great story. Um... Other games more, a little bit more recent are Mario Party 3 for the Nintendo 64 or the Mario Party 5 for the Nintendo GameCube. Mario Party 5 was probably the biggest game that I played with my siblings because it was my sister's favorite game. She's dominant in almost every mini game. And me and my brother could hold our own. Um, you know, as long as we beat the bot, we had a good time. <laughs> um, so that was like the greatest like uh, sibling game that we played together. Um, it was one of the first experiences of multiplayer, I think, for me, technically. Um, other games are, of course, Age of Empires 2 um, was another uh, entry level to multiplayer. Uh, me and my brother and my dad, we had like six computers in our house because we were homeschooled at the time, so everybody had their own machine for e-learning, typing, using the internet, um, and a couple of the resources because my mom was very like strong in the science science and history subjects, so we used the computers to supplement that information. We used things like uh, Khan Academy and... Um, not Duolingo, but whatever it was at the time. And there was another, like, history-styled Khan Academy. Um, 
that we used for that kind of information to uh, further our education. So we had a bunch of computers, and we played Age of Empires 2, um, specifically Conquest Edition. Lots of fun. We actually still play it today in our Discord because it's just that good. Um, and then, you know, Minecraft, but not not modern Minecraft. I'm talking about Minecraft beta, like, 5 and 8. Um, anything, like, uh, quintessential for me is M Minecraft 1.5.2, I think was the biggest one that I remember playing the most. And then the second biggest was 1.8, but that was very solo once I got my own computer. Um, I played a lot of 1.8, but... The back in the day when I was younger, those that was a beautiful game. Minecraft's still a beautiful game. 1.18.1 is fantastic. I love the whole thing. We have the whole server for it. We talk about it all the time. But and then last, but definitely not least, and it's still to this day my most favorited, fun to play game: Super Smash Brothers Melee for Nintendo GameCube. Um, beautiful game. Um, what can I say? It's just beautiful. It's just perfect. It is the best game, <laughs> um, undisputed best game in my opinion. So. That is what I'm talking about in quintessential content is finding a game that I can play with another person. Ideally, obviously, um, all of my games, well, Uncharted Waters is a single player, Star Ocean is single player. So obviously I would be watching them play the game, probably. I don't know exactly how the format would work. Depends on how we can get it to work out um, visually if I can't like figure out emulators or they can't figure out emulators or whatever. But single player games, we may both just play in tandem and then be in a Discord to call and talk about it. And I'll try and get their footage depending on how it works out. But um, the idea is to play games with other people to keep the social aspect, um, but play their favorite game of all time um, for at least one episode. And then if you know if I enjoy it, I may invite them back and we'll do a part two. You know if it's successful or whatever. Um, but that's, that's my gaming content idea for 2022. It's something that I want to focus most of my time on. Um, may end up getting into live streaming it, just to pick on legalities of, you know, a couple emulators. You can't do a lot of Nintendo stuff, so you got to be careful there. But I may end up live streaming some of it, just depending on how the content works out, the timing for it. Or I may just record it and upload it. Um, but expect that content. And then outside of that, uh, live streaming a couple games, Melee, Minecraft um, will be two for sure staples of live streams that I will do. Um, I have a few different ideas for those. I won't expose those right now. That'll be for a future episode of the queue. Um, but I just want to kind of get that out there to hold myself accountable to doing it. I think I've said this before, but actually doing the content, um, how I'm saying I'm wanting to do it. So, you know... Um, that's kind of a look forward. I meant to have the Monday episode be the look forward, but um, I do have some other topics that I want to talk about outside of um, content that I will talk about on Monday um, with you guys. But just getting that out there at the end of this episode just made sense. It fit in the narrative. Um, you know, it was part of the same brain space. So it makes sense to talk about it now. Um, but, you know, I hope you had a good year. I think 2021 looked up for a lot of people. Um, looking at the financial sector, you know, stock market is up um, year to year um, quite a bit. And, of course, crypto is up 500%. Um, but with that being said, you know, I don't have much else to say on the year i think for me it was a year of growth a year of happiness a year of self-discovery improvement um mental health improved um not more than 2020 did i think 2020 pulled me out of my 
garbage um, mindset coming out of college, but 2021, um, I have improved. I feel a lot better in my life. Um, me and Boston are very stable. Our little man, Murphy, is um, a great addition to the family. It's made all of us better. Um, I've been a lot happier. So I think that it's it's good. I think 2020 was a good year all around. Obviously, we had a lot of terrible things happen. Um, you know, lots of people died, um, both to the coronavirus, but also just other reasons. Um, important people, the most recent one was uh, John Madden. I don't know a lot about him, but he did just die a couple days ago. And a couple other important people are, you know, gone this year. Um, and, you know, my condolences go out to all of those, especially co-workers, their family members um, this year. Um, it's been rough for a lot of people, so I get that. Um, so I understand if it wasn't your best year, um, but I, you know, I want to try and keep a positive um, to show you that there is still, you know, there's light at the end of all of this, um, that it can still get better, um, that it's not going to be dark forever. Um, so, you know, Personally, for me, you know, 2021 was a good year, um, and I hope 2022 goes better, honestly. Um, and for all the people that have hardships, um, I'm praying for you. Um, hearts out there for you. Hopefully it goes well. Um, but, you know, here's 2022. Uh, it's about 1 o'clock in the morning um, on New Year's Day. If you're listening to this, Rise comes out on midnight. So at this point, why are you already not sleeping? It's done it's over with um at least in my time zone <laughs> it's over with um but enjoy yourself but don't enjoy yourself too much um we'll be back for season two of the q name no longer pending um thank you so much for being here um i appreciate all of you like i've said um of course please get into the discord um, let's start the conversations. Please join in the Patreon. Um, I'll have some future episodes about what my goal is with the Patreon, um, just to kind of make you know, make it clear of why I'm doing it um, and what what my reasoning is for all of this. You know, I do this for fun, so I appreciate everybody being here. You know, it's just it's good. Um, hopefully, this has brightened your your day. Um, whatever you're sipping on, whatever it may be, have a good morning. Enjoy your afternoon. Have a great evening. Um, and you know, I'll see you on Monday. Bye guys.